This is America's game. Now, 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 stop coming. It's everything to change. That warp tool made you open your brain. Open your brain. Eric Vanek is here, so remember the name. Remember the name. Hey, hey. He got the waiver wire for the week. Tell you who to start and who to give a seat. Dropping the podcast every week. You know the knowledge is elite. After the show, we gon' hold a Lombardi. I'm celebrating like we throwing a party. This the blueprint that I know they gon' copy. Apartment intros always go the hottest. Cause this is America's game. Hey everybody, welcome back to America's Game, episode number 20. I'm your host, Eric Vanek, and you can follow me on Twitter at EricVanekNFL. You can follow the show at America's Game Pod as well. And as once again, I am joined by my co-host, Mike. Mike, what's going on, buddy? What's going on, everybody? America's Game, Eric. Playoffs. Playoffs. Playoffs? Yeah. You're talking about playoffs? Well, I guess maybe if we had Adam on, he's probably saying that. Playoffs. <laughs> I just hope we can win a game. Yeah, that's one of the good, um, good sound bites in NFL history for sure. Classic. Oh yeah, absolute classic. Use right it all there, the time. Right up there. I have a tough time. Like which one's the one hundred and one between that, uh, the Herm Edwards one, and then uh, yeah, the Mike hello? Singletary. Yeah, <laughs> the Mike, Mike Singletary. Singletary. And I also love uh, Denny Green's. Uh, oh yeah, the Bears are who we thought they yeah, were. Yeah, who they are, who they thought they were. Yeah, we need we, we haven't that. had one of those in a while. We need one. Yeah. Come uh, on, coaches. Get your shit together. Didka, Didka's got some good ones from his Saints days. Oh yeah. Uh oh, yeah. yeah, he when he just didn't give a fuck anymore. Right. He was just there for the money. He didn't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah, let's trade all our draft picks for a running back. <laughs> and then we'll do a sports illustrated cover with him in a wedding dress. Yeah. Yeah. That Marriage. worked out that worked out great. It's <laughs> awesome. Only only um and the Browns, when they came back in 99, that was their only win that year, was against that team. Oh. <laughs> Makes you feel good, man. Yeah. <laughs> on a fucking Hail Mary. Let's go. That Tim, Tim Couch threw to Ken, Kevin Johnson. Yep. I remember that play. That was uh, our only win on the year. Ooh, Crazy. Baby. Oh, Let's yeah. Let's go. And now, and now you got uh, expansion teams like the Vegas Golden Knights going to the fucking finals in their first year. Right. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> just makes me excited when the NBA expands back to Seattle and we get the Supersonics back. Yeah, they had some nice jerseys. I love those green and yellow old school jerseys. So I'm a, I'm a Lakers fan in basketball, but it's more because I really loved Shaq back in the 90s. Like I was right. a big Shaq fan, so when he went to L.A., I just followed him there. Yeah. Got to experience all the Kobe and uh, the Shaq mm-hmm. stuff, which yeah. was awesome. I still follow the Lakers. I'm still a fan. But I tell you, if they make a team, the Supersonics back in Seattle, that'll be my team from day one. <laughs> some, day. Uh, yeah, speaking of those Lakers teams, some of the best rivalries with them against the Kings. I remember Ooh. those games all the time, man. Yes. Uh, yeah, King, Kings had 2000s. a really good team. They just could not get over that hump of Kobe and Shaq, man. Peja Stojakovic, Mike Bibby. Yeah, Chris Weber, Doug Christie, yes. and uh, Vla- Vladi, Vladi Divots. Vladi, yeah, you had Vladi there too. Yeah, they had uh, they had a really good team, man. It's good stuff. Um, yeah. So, hey, how did you uh, do for your playoffs? Did you make a lot of them? Did you shit the bed? Yeah. Uh, the, so this will be the the second time y'all get to hear this. Unfortunately, if you listen to all this, but uh, 
you know, jerked myself off a little bit yesterday. Here's the weird thing, Eric. Uh, like, the community wants uh, more accountability from its fantasy analysts, and then you give it, and then people still make fun of you. <laughs> like, don't throw your records in my face. But here we go. Eric, uh, two out of three redrafts made the playoffs. My home league is still elusive. I'm still terrible. Dead last. So, oh well. One day. One day, Eric, I'll actually be able to win that. Lineup leagues, uh, the ones I was competing, all three of them made the playoffs. The other three, I was nuclear rebuild. So, three out of six in the playoffs there. And then best ball, surprisingly, 20 out of 28 best ball leagues I got, Eric, in the playoffs. Dynasty best ball leagues. I guess I should, uh, should preface that. And then underdog's been pretty good to me this year. We got a, we got a couple bullets, a couple bullets left in the gun here for uh, Best Ball Mania 4. So one of them won 250 for being, uh, I think it was like 5,000 something is where it placed overall for the regular season. So there's still hope alive, Eric, that uh, South Harmon here is going to bring home the three mil and then we're all going to retire and just do full-time fantasy football content. <laughs> God, that would be awesome. Even if you just gave me like twenty five grand, I'd be fucking happy. I tell my wife we're we're moving we're moving to Cleveland, we're moving to Canton, the Canton area. We're gonna retire there, and then I'm gonna build the South Harmon actual Institute of Technology. I'm gonna buy that uh that school from that guy. That's gonna be the podcast headquarters, baby. And <laughs> That's what we're gonna, doing forever. And then you're gonna sponsor the Christies. Right. Sponsored <laughs> by Christie's. <laughs> nice. Christie's. Uh, sponsored by South Harbor. Either We'll uh, figure it out how the licensing yeah. goes. Yeah, we'll just move that, their whole building next to the school there. Right. right. Fucking move Got big plans for that three mil. That's coming. Oh, Go man. feel it. No, that's good, man. You did pretty good then. I, um... I, I did pr- pretty decent. I mean, there's some ones that um, I played in last week I lost. Uh, my One of my main home league, like you, I've last year was the first year that I technically won, but I split it because of the whole Bengals and Bills situation. Yeah. So I don't know if you can really count that as a win. But I've been in that since high school, since I was like 18. So almost 20 years now, 18 years or whatever it is. And I could never win the damn thing on my own. Um so I'm like you in, in that regard. I start. I was six and four um, after week ten, obviously, and I was like, okay, I'm sitting pretty. You know, I'm like third overall. Uh, have a high scoring team. Just got to keep playing, and I roll off four losses in a row, and don't make the playoffs. So that that one's done. Um, another home team or home league. I, I third, and then another one. I'm first overall. So doing nice. pretty good there. Um, FFPC, I think I made, I think I talked about last week, I, even though a lot of my team shit the bed with low-scoring weeks, um, I still managed to make 11 out of 13 there. And then from Sleeper and MFL combined, I have no idea. I didn't really add it up, but I did pretty decent. Too bad. Um, yeah, so not too bad. I'll have uh, some money coming. I did win our um, South Harmon Survivor one. I won that about like three weeks ago. But you did. You locked that baby up. I keep playing on it. I don't know if you watch it. I keep going on it. I'm still like, whatever, fourteen and zero. Oh no, I haven't looked at it since uh, I got uh, since since you got eliminated. So I figured. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm up uh, to week fifteen here. You're and still going, I'm huh? Still going, and I'm I'm fourteen and zero right now. So I got to find uh, one for this week, uh, which I'll do later. But the streak is still alive. I know we got a. You and I actually got a pretty and Adam too. Uh, kind of weird, all three of us in Best Ball One Resurrection that yeah. failed uh, failed other patron league that I took over that I 
brought back from the ashes like a phoenix. All three of our teams are super competitive, and it was a little bit sketchy because I needed you and Adam, or I think there's a third person in there. I needed two of the three of you to lose so I could get the first round by, and uh didn't happen. But uh, yeah. unfortunately, I'll be playing uh, Johnny Tsunami Xbox. He's been on the spotlight, so right. I'm going to gape him, and then uh, I'm going to get <laughs> one of you all next week. <laughs> all right. One of you. I got I got. I got your kryptonite on my team, though. You do. You do. Bro- you do. Old Brock Purdy. You do got the kryptonite. But it didn't help you a couple weeks ago when we faced off head No, no. <laughs> yeah, it was probably like a shitty Seattle game or whatever it was. <laughs> but, yeah, I, um, I've won that league. It's, I think that league's been going for two years, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I so just, I, I've... I, I just took over an orphan in it last year. Right? Okay, yeah. So it's been going for two years. I've been the one seed and won it both years in a row. So I'm the one seed again this year. Hopefully I can do the three-peats and then retire. Well, for you. Uh, <laughs> hopefully for you. Yeah, hopefully not, for me. <laughs> not for me. I don't. I, I want to take this. Uh, I got so many injuries on that team this year. You know, Chubb, uh, Herbert went down just now. I had Cousins out. I've been picking up these quarterbacks off the waiver wires for Fab. So I got... You know, I still have Purdy. I got Flacco. I got, I think, Browning. I think I have Zappy too, or something like that. Right. So, I got a couple of bullets there. So, hopefully, I can still hold on there. Man. I had a, a dog shit orphan that I took over and just sold everything for all the draft picks and lucked out. I think I got the first pick, the third pick, the fourth pick, the nice. sixth pick, something like that. And then uh, leveraged all that shit this season. Right, hit on Sam Laporta, Jameer Gibbs, all those guys, and just ended up trading them away for vets and kind of built this super contender so we'll see how it goes man (laughs) let's see if we can we can have a one-year turnaround we can go from worst to first baby hell yeah hell yeah yeah hopefully um everybody else made the playoffs out there in your leagues uh hopefully myself mike adam we helped you guys a lot this year uh so hopefully you made your your playoffs you can go on go win it go get that money man uh we all deserve it we put so much time and effort into this stuff like yeah, I don't listen to podcasts as much as I used to since I changed my job. But, man, I used to listen to podcasts literally eight hours a day. I'm not at, like, Scott Connor who can listen on three times speed. I'm at one and a half speed. That guy's a robot. I, I don't. I don't. I, I tried it on 3X. I'm like, Scott, how do you do this, dude? There's just no way. Like, you know, how do I you love, retain any of this? I love AI because it just helps do a lot of stuff, right? Like, it just helps be mm-hmm. more efficient since I've kind of gotten into it. And, uh, I think Scott Connor's the original AI, isn't it? <laughs> like, no. Like a super, well, he's a supercomputer. You just feed him. <laughs> he's like, no. oh, yeah, I heard that on a podcast on three times four weeks ago. Yeah. No, the original AI is Alan Iverson. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm okay. The original artificial intelligence. How about that? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, man. So hopefully you guys made it. Kicking ass. But this week, uh, I kind of want to talk about something different, man. We all been kind of going through the, oh man, who do I trade for? This guy got injured. What should I do? So we kind of been going through that the last couple weeks. I want to switch it up a little bit this week. Uh, the 33rd team. Shout out to those guys. They do really good stuff on Twitter and all the other Facebook, whatever it is. Um, you know, they do really good stuff over there. So we want to look at their first round, latest 2024 NFL mock. Um, that they put out the other day. So just kind of wanted to go over it, talk about the current landing spots for some of these guys and how we would value them, uh, at least the offensive players. So go ahead. No, no. I'm just – I always get excited to do draft content, right? Like we're in the midst of the playoffs. 
But even then, like the dynasty mindset, I'm like, oh, I'm thinking about what I'm going to do in April. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure you locked up some high draft picks. I know I locked yeah. up some high draft picks um, this coming week. I don't think I have too many 101s or anything like that, but I locked up at least some 103s, 104s um, in my teams that I needed to tank on. So. I got yeah, uh, this I got important. four four 101s I earned myself, but I probably have like seven or eight total because I have other people's draft picks. All right. Um, I mean, hell, if you want, you could mix them up. You don't have to take all of Caleb Williams or all right. Drake Mays. Um, depending on the league settings, maybe, hell, you go Marvin Harrison or something. I don't know. You I know? do I do have some teams that already have pretty good quarterbacks where Marv, mm-hmm. Marv is looking very appealing at the 101 to be completely right. And you Yeah, and then you could take that 101. Maybe that 102 really needs a quarterback. You could trade back. You get a couple yes, extra sir. draft picks or whatever. So that's always good stuff. Yep. Uh, we could talk about that more during uh, April probably when we get closer to that. But uh, first one up here, Chicago Bears have the first pick overall, and that is from Carolina. Right now, they have Chicago taking Caleb Williams number one overall. So, do you think with the way Fields is playing, if they did end up with this number one slot, do you think they would go quarterback here, or would they trade the pick? You think? I think it's fifty-fifty, man. I think it really is fifty-fifty. Now, personally, you know, if this is my team and you know this is my situation on Madden or whatever, I'm keeping Fields and I'm I'm moving this pick. Like I'm seeing what else I can get back, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna build out around fields and and make this offense the best I possibly can. But it's it's honestly fifty fifty, man. Caleb Williams, Drake May, whoever they end up deciding is the the one hundred and one for a quarterback. I mean, you're talking about two elite studs, and Fields has had his issues in the past. Um, he's still got a lot of stuff that he's got to work on and clean up. I love him to death, but you couldn't be mad if you you said, hey, I'm gonna take a guy that's been uh, touted as generational here in Caleb Williams at the 101. So if this, uh, this worked out, uh, I think the biggest question I'd probably have is where's Justin Fields going? <laughs> what team is he going to play for and how much is he getting traded for? Somebody going to offer a first? Is it just a second? Is, you know, sometimes these quarterback values were all over the place and we're like, damn, that dude only went for a third or Trey Lance, right? Only one for a fourth this off season. So we'll see what happens. Caleb Williams, though, to the Bears would be interesting. Yeah, it would be very interesting. And I think one thing uh, with that is you reset the clock. And that um, what I'm talking about there is the contract clock there. You get a whole new fresh rookie deal here from the very first year. Right now you're about a year or two away from having to pay Justin Fields $200-plus million. Maybe by that time it's $250, 300000000 $300 by that time. Is Justin Fields worth $200, $250 million right now? I I don't think so. I don't yeah, think he's proven it. I'm with you. I would say right now he's probably not worth that. He hasn't proven that yet. Yeah. So now you're sitting there with that reality in your face. I think you trade Justin Fields. You take those assets that you get, whatever it's a first pick, first round pick or whatever players, whatever it is, uh, multiple picks, you trade Justin Fields, and then you start building around Caleb Williams. You got to get an offensive line. They got to, I mean, their offensive line hasn't been uh, completely dog shit like last year. Correct. It's gotten better, but it can still use some improvements. You definitely need more weapons. You have DJ Moore and Komet. Those guys are fine weapons. The running backs are just running backs. They're fine. They're not terrible. Uh, but you need to get some second, third wide receivers on that team. You need to upgrade that offensive line for sure. So I would be investing in those spots for me personally. So if you can trade 
Justin Fields and, you know, get, I don't know, don't even know a team off the top of my head that could be looking for one. Like, you know, Washington wants a quarterback or something, or, you know, the the Saints want to move on from Derek Carr. Atlanta, um, Atlanta would be a good fit. Atlanta, yeah, Atlanta would be a great fit, yes. I'm just kind of looking through some of the teams here. If Tampa Bay wanted to say, eh, Baker was okay, but let's get right. Justin Fields instead, something like that. Um, and then they can, you know, invest that first-round pick into a wide receiver. Could they get Roma Dunze? Could they get, you know, Troy Franklin or Malik Neighbors, whoever it is, yep. and get that to go with Caleb Williams? I think that would be the smart play for me. Let's say they do decide, hey, we want to keep Justin Fields. Do you? I think the, the obviously the play here is to trade back. Yes. Um, go to New England. Go to Washington at four uh, in this draft. The Giants at five. Whoever and trade back a couple spots. I think personally, I would. I wouldn't want to move out of the top three. Um, I would want to guarantee myself probably Marvin Harrison Jr. out of this. So if I could trade. You know, with New England, go back a spot in this one. Arizona, if they moved up, which they wouldn't, um, I don't think. Unless they wanted to get rid of Kyler, but I think Kyler's contract is not going to allow that. Either or, I think if I'm the Bears, I want to at least keep me in range to get Marvin Harrison Jr. uh, to go with Justin Fields. Uh, Do you agree with that? Yeah, I'd kind of like to stay in there too, but it wouldn't be devastating if you got a great package. If you could convince say Washington or the Giants or the Titans, if they were the team that wanted to move up and uh, you had to go back to, you know, four, five, six, seven, if the package included their first rounder next year. Like, here you go, you get Caleb, but this isn't going to solve all your problems. Your team's still dog shit. I'm going to bet on kind of like they did against Carolina last year, right? I'm going to be in the same situation next year and I'm going to have a top pick and we'll see where it is at that point. So I wouldn't hate that idea either. Yeah, I think that's a a good spot um, if they wanted to do that too. But I think personally, if I'm sitting in the GM seat for the Bears, I think I go ahead and trade fields and draft Caleb Williams or Drake May, whoever I like the best there, and go ahead and you know build around Caleb Williams and reset the clock yeah. on paying somebody $250, $300 million. That's kind of where I'm sitting right now. Yeah, yep. But the, uh, the 33rd, they got it right here, Caleb Williams. Being the uh, the one on one to Chicago, no trade. So, okay, yep, yeah, that's what it is in this one. I don't think there's any trades in this one, but um, we'll keep going here. Number two, New England Patriots, who have definitely earned this pick this year. Uh, they select Drake May at number two overall. What would you think of Drake May there to New England? Uh, before a couple days ago, there's a lot of people where it's like, oh, Caleb or Drake to New England, I don't like it, but. Bill Belichick isn't going to be back, right? It was reported that he's done. Uh, Bob Kraft's moving on from him. And you and I talked about it on the Crystal Ball AFC edition. You look at the salary cap. You look at the ability of the players they could get off their roster. uh, You look at this top draft pick coming in. This is a dream spot for a GM and a coach. Like, this is... You you get the the clay, and you get to mold it however you want. So... um, Actually, I probably wouldn't hate this because it's going to be a different organization. It's going to be a different style. It's not going to be the we're going to throw money at Juju Smith-Schuster and that's going to be our number one wide receiver and that inevitably fails and 
we've never really surrounded with uh, playmakers around here because that's not our style. Now it's a completely new. It's a, it's a wild card, right? So if they get Drake May, shit, they might go out and throw a fuck ton of money at T. Higgins. Uh, they might do something in the second round to get another weapon for it. So I actually kind of like this. And then, you know, all those people who are selling off uh, Ramondre Stevenson for peanuts, right? He's been bad. All of a sudden you look at it and you go, Drake May, some weapons, you know, maybe an offensive-minded coach, different scheme, like all this stuff kind of going into play. Ramondre for pennies might have been the the buy here, right, while he's not playing and the Zeke's out there doing it because you're like, shit, next year, fuck, this guy turned it around and all of a sudden he's on a real plus offense and we've seen him have some uh, some really big games in the past. So, hell, even, uh, even Ramondre Stevenson wouldn't be dead, especially with this kind of selection. Yeah, with the Patriots, they need a lot more work than the Bears did that we just talked about. Like yeah. their offensive line is okay. It's probably a little less than the Bears. They don't have a tight end even on the roster for next year right now. Hunter Henry and Gasecki are both free agents, Farrell Brown free agents. So they literally have to find a tight end, which I'm sure they can bring back one of these guys, but they're gonna have to bring back somebody for cheap. Then you talked about the wide receiver situation. It is Juju Smith is going to be there again because they signed him to a stupid deal. Uh, you're going to have Pop Douglas there. You're going to have uh, Kendrick Bourne, I believe, was a free agent. You still have Tyquan Thornton. So they don't really have anybody, let's be honest. Uh, Pop Douglas is a nice little slot receiver type. That's about it. They don't really have anybody else. So they're going to have to invest in wide receivers in the draft which they haven't been very good at. They're going to have to probably sign some of those like gross veteran wide receivers who keep getting it done, but you know, are older. Do they keep Devontae Parker around another year or something like that? I don't know. They're going to have to find some weapons there for Drake May. My, my thing with that is Drake May might suffer for a year or so if they don't have the right coach, right offensive coordinator, because this is two years in a row that they've had – absolutely piss poor offense like some of the worst stuff you've ever watched in your life yeah um i like i like bill o'brien i think he's been good but the hand that he's been dealt this year has not been very good so they're gonna have to really figure that out the whole coaching situation i i'm guessing it's gonna be gerard mayo would take over they've kind of christian him as the uh guy who's gonna take over there now like you were talking about too what do we do with like guys like Mac Jones, they're gonna have to trade Mac Jones for sure. Yeah, uh, they can keep Zappy as a backup. I think that's fine. But Mac Jones is gonna be, you know, available, and he's probably gonna. What do you think? Maybe a third or a fourth round pick. Probably yeah, a fourth. Yeah, if you're lucky, that's probably in the way. Like, yeah. So the range gonna, of what he's what he's gonna go for. Yeah. So do you do you think Mac Jones would be a starter somewhere else, or do you think he has to go to the backup route? I. Listen, I still really like Mac Jones, and I think he could probably be a starter somewhere else, but the odds of him just being able to walk into a job, you know, mm-hmm. it, you're looking at more like a Baker Mayfield situation here in Tampa. It's, ki- it's kind of like Sam Darnold a little bit. Yeah. Failed, failed yeah. and now he's going to have to go be a backup somewhere, I think. Except for even then, like, he, he failed in New York, and then the Panthers were still stupid enough to trade a first-round pick for him. <laughs> like, something dumb. Um, right. He had to fail multiple times. And he couldn't even beat out Baker Mayfield. Right. And then they were bad enough to trade a, you know, a first-round pick for Baker, too. Right? They just keep going back to the well of shit. But, right. Like, let's say let's say this scenario, the, the Vikings miss out on a quarterback and they let Kirk Cousins walk. Like, mm-hmm. Mac Jones? 
Kirk Cousins, yeah. you know, the replacement with Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. I could get behind that. Like, I don't think they'll christen him the starter from day one, but that'd be pretty fucking exciting with how efficient Mac Jones was in his rookie year and how great he was in college. So mm-hmm. anybody who wants to fight the great in college thing, like, shit, he put up just as good a stats and efficiency-wise and all the analytic numbers you want to look at as Joe Burrow did the year before. It's just Joe Burrow happened to... You know, Mac Jones was kind of that unsexy guy that followed. So, right. I actually, I think that's a really good landing spot for Mac Jones if it were to happen. The Vikings, that'd be a really good spot. I was kind of thinking that stupid connection to Kyle Shanahan and be the backup for the 49ers. But mm. I honestly like the Vikings one better. Yeah, um, the Vikings would be he, very, very interesting for Mac Jones. Yeah, because they're going to be not in the range to draft a quarterback in the first round. And. You know they're gonna have to take a shot there. Could they? Could they bring back Cousins too yeah. because of the Achilles injury? He's not gonna get as much money. I could definitely see the Vikings and Cousins coming back for one more year. You know, give them one year, ten million guaranteed or something. Come back and play. We'll see. Seahawks would be an interesting spot for him if they decide to move on from Geno. You know, bring another guy in. Yeah, I could maybe see that possibility. Um, yeah, definitely a possibility. Um, but, yeah, Drake May to New England, I, I think it's got potential, but they're going to have to really put some some uh, players around him. Because, like, whenever I look at one of these guys that goes in the first couple picks, um, I want them to actually be able to make the team better when they have shitty players. Now, two recent examples of that, Trevor Lawrence's first year with Urban Meyer, that now that was a lot, lot to do with Urban Meyer and everything, but like Trevor Lawrence was fucking awful that first year. Last year he turned it on a little bit. This year I thought like, okay, maybe this is the big leap that Trevor Lawrence would take uh, to be like an MVP candidate. He hasn't done that this year. Um, another one that I was thinking of was Bryce Young. Obviously this year, like you should be able to turn these players into better players than they are. Like Tom Brady did with. Dion Branch, Rache Caldwell, all these other guys from the past that, you know, Tom Brady made relevant. And Bryce Young hasn't done that either. Right. There's a there's some quarterbacks that just can't elevate their other players around him. And that's what I want from a top two, three draft pick. Can Drake May and Caleb Williams be able to do that? We'll have to see. But, you know, that Drake May is gonna definitely have to do that on this team, I think, no matter what. I just really do enjoy the fact that they they got the third most cap space. So it's just, I mean, $76 million is a lot of fucking money to work with mm-hmm. in the offseason um, with not a lot on the books. And then there's still more guys that they can restructure or just get rid of and save even right. more money. So just having that flexibility, you know, right now it may look desperate. It may look bad. But, one, it's a great, deep, offensive skill player talent pool so their second round pick could even be a really good guy Mm -hmm. it's a great free agent class the nfl hates running backs at this point so you know there there might even be a couple vets out there where you go oh shit now you got a one-two punch of ramondre and throw in some other guy that they got on a discount a deal right uh the only thing that probably concerns me when a team's building talent right now for next year is going to be offensive line uh, there's not a lot of huge free agents out there, and it's kind of hard to find a, a free agent hit at offensive line. Right. But we'll see what the Patriots want to do. Uh, they, they haven't been terrible, like you mentioned earlier, Eric, on the offensive line, but they still could use some work. Right, for sure. 
All right, third pick overall will be the Arizona Cardinals, and they are the ones that are lucky enough to get Marvin Harrison Jr. to pair up with Kyler Murray. What would you think of this landing spot? I would be over the moon. People people wrote Kyler off. They wrote him off for dead. Came back, played for the Cardinals. All of a sudden you realize that, oh, yeah, they're probably not going to be in position to take Drake May or Caleb Williams. It looks like they're going to roll out Kyler, and now they get him a true generational-type alpha wide receiver. Like in the prime, mm-hmm. not that uh, not that I you know got anything against DeAndre Hopkins. You saw on Monday night, he still got it every now and then. But when he played in Arizona, it wasn't like he was that super generational still at the time. Marv is in his prime. You pair him with Kyler, you see exactly what you got. You paid him all that money, so right. time to go. Yeah, this would be a uh, home run pick for me too. I think. Do you think in super flex drafts? Do you think Marvin Harrison Jr. would be able to overcome Caleb or Drake May and, and maybe go in the top two picks there, of there, fantasy mock draft or rookie drafts? There's a possibility, right? Like, we were mm-hmm. kind of hesitant when we were talking about the Bears. They still got a lot of work to do. You're talking about Drake May with the, the Patriots, and you're like, oh, you know, you got to see it. If you don't see it, right, you don't see big signings in the offseason, you don't see a lot of improvement elsewhere along those offenses – and you get Marvin Harrison with a premier top 12 dynasty quarterback, that's, you know, when Kyler's been healthy, he's been a top four, top three option almost every year for fantasy. You get really excited about it, and people will push him up even in super flex drafts. So mm-hmm. any scenario, too, I was already talking about it at the beginning of the show. Like some of these picks you look at, and I go, well, I got A. Rich coming back. I got this guy. I got this guy. Like I'm okay at quarterback. I just had bad luck everywhere else. Fuck it! If I got the one on one, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to bears it, right? See what the value is out there for me to trade back. But you know, push comes to shove, I'll just take Marvin and move on with my life. And right. I'll, I'll get a Jaden Daniels or somebody else, you know, with my fifth or sixth pick, mm-hmm. and just backfill a quarterback and be fine. Yeah, and I don't think that's crazy to take Marvin Harrison number one overall in your rookie draft, especially if you, like you said, you already have the couple quarterbacks there. I don't want to get stuck, you know, like you said, taking Drake may and it doesn't work out there. And like, I have another Bryce young situation on my hand. Like, I don't even know where Bryce is valued right now in dynasty. Like it's nowhere near, you know, any of these other quarterbacks that just came out like Stroud and stuff like that. You know, he's still in the middle of the pack there, but it's, like Jared Goff or Bryce Young is honestly like a really real conversation that you can have. Like taking that somebody that at third overall is not what I want to do, you know, being compared to Jared Goff. Right. Um, so, yeah, we're, I think we're both on the same spot here. Marvin Harrison Jr., he would be a great pick there to go on that offense, pair with Trey McBride. Uh, if they re-sign Hollywood Brown, that would be another nice get for them. And then the Arizona would have a nice little offense building there for them um i think marvin harrison jr i think a lot of people if they put dynasty rankings together right now i think he's easily in the top five i've seen some people have it like chase jefferson whatever whichever one you want and then harrison jr's third do you agree with that easily we talked about it a a couple weeks ago and um, just because of the way the dynasty community is too and how much off-season time we have cd lamb's been awesome but if you told me uh, I had to choose between Marv or CD Lamb, I think I'm going to go Marv just because okay. it's it's more fluid. There's more people 
who will be interested in Marvin my league than there are CD. Not that CD's bad or anything. Right. But but there's always somebody who's going to go, oh, I hate Mike McCarthy or I hate the Cowboys or, oh, look at CeeDee Lamb. He's he's going to be 27 soon or whatever the fuck it is, right? Like whatever <laughs> whatever narrative they want to throw into it. Marv's the new shiny toy. So right. if i got to go strictly off dynasty value at this point, it's going to be it's gonna be Marv. Come. Marvelous Marv at three. Maserati Marv. Come on, man. Nah, I like I like Marvelous, <laughs> but I get it. You can just hear Gus Johnson saying it. Yeah, I know. So he, says, he says it 300 times a fucking game. It's great. Uh, next up, four, Washington Commanders. Ola Fashanu. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Offensive tackle. Nailed it. Penn State. Nailed it. Okay. And this would signal that Sam Howell is the guy for 2024. Right, yeah, because you know, the next pick is a quarterback. I think they would have to really consider that quarterback, which we'll talk about here in a second. Um, but it does make sense. If they really like Howell and Sa- Sam Howell is the most sacked quarterback this year in the NFL, this makes perfect sense. You get the top offensive tackle in the draft. You know, you get your bookend for you know hopefully the next 10 years he works out there i think that would be a great pick if they do decide hey we're going to stick with sam Howell. there's a lot of uh amongst the offensive line guys like i always have this soft spot for uh for offensive linemen because i'm a fat fuck uh i love it not that offensive linemen are fat some of them are but <laughs> your, your robert gallery love is shining through. yes yes iowa all right iowa uh fashanu is is on the borderline of being one of those generational type talents at tackle, right? Like the, the penne soul for you most recent ones. But if you want to go back even farther, like some of these guys, the Joe Thomases of the world, that's kind of the company that Fashanu's in. And he's a freak athlete, a mountain of a man. I mean, yeah, Yeah, he's listed at six, six, three twenty. Yeah. And there's times he looks like he's six, eight, three (laughs) sixty. Yeah. He's huge. He's got extremely long arms, great feet, great footwork. So if this is your pick, you're going to give Sam Howe that bookend left tackle, sure up that offensive line. I love it for Washington. Yeah. He needs to be there next Trent Williams for sure. There you go. There's another guy, right? He wasn't coming generational coming out, but he's definitely proven to be. He turned into be one. He turned into generational. Yep. All right. Number five overall, the New York Giants select the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback from LSU, Jaden Daniels. What would you think of Jaden Daniels ending up with the Giants? I would love it for fantasy. Now, mm-hmm. they again, we talked about with the uh, with the Patriots. You got to surround him with weapons. You definitely need to fix that fucking offensive line because it's horrible. Like you yeah. got to bring in some dudes uh, to play wide receiver for him. You need to fix the offensive line so you don't get him killed. Um, and then I would be very interested to see what happens with Daniel Jones. Like, where do they move him, right? Yeah. Because he's got to go. He's got to go. And just sign a new deal. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know how many teams are going to be in the market for uh, for paying for that or to taking it on. Uh, right. Do you remember a couple years ago when the Texans and Browns did that uh, NBA trade, I like to call it, where – yeah. Like we'll give you Osweiler and a pick. <laughs> so you just yeah, take they gave us a. Shitter. They gave us, um, I believe it was a second round pick and Osweiler for sixteen million dollars. That's <laughs> nuts. Yeah. So I'd be interested to see what that does. But I do, I do really like Jaden Daniels. Um, he really mm-hmm. came on. Uh, it's kind of crazy too because there were some certain prominent people last year, at the beginning of the year, blaming him for the fact that Keishon Boutte was fucking awful. Right, like it's mm-hmm. all Jaden Daniels' fault, and uh, then you find out that actually Jaden Daniels is really good at football, and Keishawn Boutte is the one who's ass. Right. <laughs> so, uh, 
at Jane Daniels, he can move, he can run, he can make just about every single throw that you want or that you need from an NFL quarterback. But uh, I would love it. I would take him high. I would just be highly concerned about the Giants fixing their their fuck ups, which is offensive line right. and and all these tiny ass sorry receivers that they have. Yeah, so they're definitely gonna have to fix that. I man, I I've never been a big Jaden Daniels fan to be honest. I think he was just too small. I didn't think he was that great of a quarterback, but he's definitely proven me wrong this year. And if he ends up going in the top five like he does in this draft, I have to take him very seriously in fantasy. I'm gonna have to draft him if I have, you know, a top, you know, three or four draft pick and I need a quarterback. I have to strongly consider him with his tools, his playmaking ability. Dude's got heart. Um, all that stuff, man. So Jaden Daniels is somebody I would have to seriously consider taking up high. And then, like you said, Daniel Jones, they're going to have to move on from him. They could probably keep DeVito as a backup, and I think they'd be totally fine with that. Tyrod would probably rock walk at that point, too. Yeah, but where would they end up moving Daniel Jones? That is the big question. That would have to happen if the Giants went this way. Let's say they didn't go this way and say maybe they took another offense line like Joe Alt from Notre Dame. Um, you know, and then maybe they have to move in the Evan Neal to guard. You know, they're probably going to have to do that, try and salvage that draft pick. Because uh, Andrew Thomas is really good when he's healthy. Um, Joe Alt can come in and, and they can decide whoever wants to be the left tackle, right tackle there. Evan Neal moving the guard. Hopefully you get an improvement there, but you're still going to have to work on the offensive line a little bit, but you definitely got to get... Um, some more playmakers. You got to get that alpha wide receiver on this team because I like Wandale as like a slot guy. I like Jalen Hyatt as a stretch the field guy. That's about it. That's all they got. Um, Darren Waller is over 30. He's getting injured, hamstring injuries here and there. He could probably still play with Jaden Daniels um, for a couple years before he's done. And they have Bellinger. I like Bellinger as a backup tight end too, but they definitely need that alpha wide receiver. Um, if they were a team that went and said, hey, what do you guys want for T. Higgins? You know, we'll give you our 2025 first-round pick for T. Higgins. You know, trade T. Higgins to this team. That would be good. And then take Jaden Daniels at five. I would like that. Yeah. They, they, they are going to have to make some moves, and I'd be interested to see exactly how they, they navigate this Daniel Jones thing. Like right, yeah, that, I think, I mean, there's a couple, that's the thing that's going to be the headline of the offseason, like, the Bears are probably going to have the first pick, the Giants are going to be up there, uh, the Patriots are up there, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Daniel Jones, I think that's going to be the story of the offseason, where do these three dominoes end up falling? Yep. And then you have Kirk Cousins, who's going to move to, um, you know, possibly move. Uh, his, he's going to be a free agent. So, yeah, there's going to be some really interesting quarterback um, conversations this offseason. 100%. Yep. Sixth overall to the Tennessee Titans. They take Joe Alt, the offensive tackle from Notre Dame, who I just mentioned. I think this would be great. Um, they're going to have to reboot this franchise. Tannehill's going to be gone. Excuse me. Derrick Henry's a free agent. He's probably most likely gone as well. Um you know, this, this would be great to go with Skaronsky, who they took um, this year. they got to rebuild that offensive line because it is definitely one of the worst in the league. So you might as well start from the you know trenches, build that offensive lineup. They have a really good defensive line already. So I, I like this pick for Tennessee to go with the, you know, the left tackle, Joel. I like it too. And it would be two picks in this draft with the uh, 
with the, the commanders and now the Titans who have young quarterbacks that mm-hmm. they're going, we're, we're doing what we can to build around you. We're going to shore up right. your protection and then we'll work on everything else on the way out. Right. So it'd be a nice reset for the Titans to go from the, uh, go from the old days. Right. I, I'd be interested to see if they move on from like D hop and stuff like that too. And then just really rebuild mm-hmm. that wide receiver core. But they're, they're definitely signaling that they're, if they were to make this pick that well, Levis is our dude. There's a reason we traded yeah. up to get him at the top of the second last year. Yeah, they definitely are going to need some weapons, too. Like, I think Chig is an okay tight end. Hopkins, if they want to just keep him, they have him under contract for next year. So if they want to keep him for one more year to give Levis a, you know, a reliable weapon, that's good. Traylon Burks is a bust. I mean, it is what it is. He's he's not very good. Um, He's busted out, in my opinion. Obviously, they're going to still keep him. They're not going to cut him. Uh, But would you be surprised... If instead of Joe Alt, maybe they went with like a Malik Neighbors instead. They could possibly do that if they don't believe in Alt and they want to mm-hmm. get some of the offensive line depth that comes a little bit later and and really secure a top playmaker. That could be a good possibility for it, like Malik Neighbors or Keon Coleman. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is also one of those teams too. We talked about the Patriots, kind of a blank slate now. If Rabel's still there or not, we'll right. see what we'll see what happens. I, I don't think he's in danger of getting fired, but it's it, they could explore. You know, maybe like a Sean Payton scenario where they trade him for a draft pick or something. Right. He's going to be in high demand. But they have the most cap space. You talked about Tannehill. They get another 18 mil back if they get rid of Tannehill, right? Yep. Like gives them even more cap space. Derrick Henry, same thing. They get another 6 mil back if they let him go. Danico Autry, another 7 mil. So you're talking about a team that could have well over like $110 million in, in cap space to, mm-hmm. to do whatever the hell they really wanted to. So whether that's take alts and then spend in free agency on wide receiver weapons or it's the the inverse. They like Skoransky. We're going to take young wide receiver weapons, uh, young offensive weapons, and then you know maybe backfill with some depth on the old line through free right. agency with some vets. Kind of open book. You do whatever the hell they want. All right. Agreed. All right, next pickup, Chicago Bears, number seven overall. They take Malik Neighbors, the wide receiver from LSU, to pair with Caleb Williams, who they took number one overall in this mock draft. I think either offensive tackle, if one fell here, like Alt maybe fell here or something, I think that would be in play as well. Um, but those bo- both of those offensive tackles went. Malik Neighbors falls here. I think this would be a great fit uh, for Chicago to take Malik Neighbors, pair him up with uh, – Caleb Williams. <laughs> it'd be it'd be great to see, right? Like you want to see him if you're going to spend that first pick. Get your get your first overall pick more weapons. Get him more stuff. Get him more toys to play with. Sure up his protection. Like do all that stuff. It's just great that uh, we would get a pairing of Caleb Williams, DJ Moore on one side, and Malik Neighbors on the other. Yeah. A lot of things DJ Moore does really well. Malik Neighbors already does really well. And some yeah. of the things DJ Moore may struggle with, Malik Neighbors excels at. So yeah. almost perfect, right? Uh, Malik yep. Neighbors probably definitely isn't the uh, the yak guy that DJ Moore is. Mm-hmm. But DJ Moore, I don't think, is the field-stretching, explosive playmaker like, yeah, like neighbors uh, Malik is. Neighbors is, at yeah. least vertic- vertically. right? Yeah. I think if this happened, this would be the perfect scenario for the Money. Bears to really turn that offense around. You'd have Neighbors, DJ Moore, Cole Komet, three solid running backs right now if they re-signed Foreman. I think that would be um, a great start for the Bears, uh, who have a young up-and-coming defense. Their defense has been playing really good. Uh, so the Bears are definitely on a team on the rise for sure. Yep, that would be fun. Be fun. 
number eight. This one I have a little question. I know, I know you love this player. I'm not so sold on him, so maybe you can sell me on him. But number eight overall, uh, the Vegas Raiders select Michael Penix Jr., the quarterback from Washington. What would you think of this? I love it. I love it for Penix. Um, I know it's he's old. He's had injury concerns. Um, people will point to he didn't do anything at Indiana. He did mm-hmm. some stuff at Indiana, but he dealt with a lot of injuries. And it's Indiana, folks. Like um, we <laughs> watch, Eric and I watch the Big Ten every Saturday. Um, yeah, nobody gives a fuck. Of, yeah, nobody gives a fuck about Indiana. Goes to Washington where he had weapons and had a coach that uh, like I love DeBoer. <laughs> he's right. he's amazing. Um, really opened him up. And then you saw this year. Now you can debate back and forth who should have won the Heisman. You know, Jane Daniels, Michael Penix. But I think those are the only two. In my opinion, I wasn't aboard the Bull Knicks thing. You can't win the uh, you can't win the Heisman when the guy you're up against in Michael Penix beat your ass twice <laughs> right. in prime time games. So yep. Michael Penix, he does a lot of things Tua does. Very good at getting the ball out to his playmakers, but he's Tua with more arm strength and a bigger frame. Mm-hmm. Now the injuries and the age will push him down, but I love Michael Penix. And uh, if he was the QB three in this class, I, I wouldn't be shocked at all. But Jaden Daniels does have that that tantalizing upside, so I do understand why. Why they have them above them? I'm all for it. If there's four quarterbacks here in the top eight picks for <sighs> Dynasty, that's Perfect. awesome for us. Yeah, so I would um, be all in. I think, I think Penix in these college playoff games, at least obviously he's got to win the first one here. Yeah, uh, I think this is going to be really, really important for him if he's going to be this high of a draft pick. So if he we'll goes s- out and looks like Tua did on Monday night without Tyreek Hill, mm-hmm. he. He'll get fucking smashed. He won't. But if he goes out, say he shocks, he wins the first one, and he puts up a good struggle in the uh, the second game, mm-hmm. he's gonna vault up. And there, Eric, I don't know if it's hot takey, but there might be NFL people who will put him above Drake May type. Like if he goes mm-hmm. out and has a great college football playoff. It's uh, they play Texas first, right? Yeah. That could be a 55 to 53 type game, man. Like, that's going to be a lot of fireworks in that game. So, if Penix can put on a show with those wide receivers and weapons that he has, then yeah, man, he could really vault himself into this like top 10 discussion. And if he went to the Raiders, obviously they'd have a new coach, new GM coming in. You know, I, I would hope they keep Antonio Pierce. I think he's been an, um, a really good coach for them so far. Obviously, with um, drafting Aiden O'Connell last year, you know, in the fourth round, Aiden O'Connell would just become a backup, which he probably is best for. Like, his starts, like, he's been okay, but it's not like a Michael Penix Jr. franchise-type quarterback player. Like, he's solid. He's a he's a very good backup, but that's probably about what Aiden O'Connell is. Think about uh, how much uh, C.J. Stroud vaulted up last year in the college football playoff with his right. performance against Georgia. Right. right, like Penix has that opportunity again. Absolutely, on the natural yep. national stage. I know a lot of people don't like him, but I think a lot of people really haven't watched Washington play outside of maybe a game or two here and there, mm-hmm. um, because it's on the West Coast. It's Pac-12. Nobody gives a shit. Right. right? Uh, yep. R.I.P. Pac-12 too. It's over. Yep. And I think he could really vault himself up if he wins this first game against Texas. Um, you saw like the Michigan TCU game last year that was bonkers crazy scoring. Like this game could be the same thing um, with Washington and Texas. This le- legit game could be in the like 480s for over under. It wouldn't shock me. Um, 
by the end of this thing. So really interested to see that game. It'd be interesting to see what the Raiders do with weapons and to surround them if this was the pick, mm. right? Because I got, I got a right. feeling Devontae Adams would probably be on the move in the offseason. So. Right. Yep, Jacoby it. Myers, uh, they don't use Hunter Renfro, so they could save 8 mil. If yeah, Renfro. Yeah, Renfro probably. Uh, I think he's a free agent anyways. So. Or no, he's signed a new deal, so they probably trade him anyways. Uh, next up here, the New York Jets, number nine wide receiver from Washington, Rome Adunze to the Jets. What would you think of that pairing up with Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson? They need it desperately. Alan Lazard's yeah. trash. It was one of the worst oh, yeah. signings in history. <laughs> I think I think a lot of that has to do with um, Rodgers not being there. I think Lazard would have had a, a Lazard-type season if, if Rodgers was there. But, yeah, right. with, like, a shitty quarterback like Wilson, it uh, just didn't work out. Get him, Get him some help. Get Garrett yeah. Wilson some help on the other side. I love it. I love a Dunze too. Dunze is like a diet Marvin Harrison for those of you who who don't pay attention. Just like yeah, Mar- really, Marvel-like. yeah, really, really good route runner. Probably the best in the class. Um, so yeah, compare that with Garrett Wilson, man. Two really good route runners. Whoo! Aaron Rodgers will have a nice little field day. Um, but like you just mentioned too, Devontae Adams, the Jets and Devontae Adams have been connected all off season. Imagine if they get Devontae Adams, Garrett Wilson, and draft a Dunze. Ooh, it's a lot of mouse to feed. I a hope that of offensive line gets improved though, because they're fucking yeah. trash. Yeah, that offensive line needs a lot of work. So <laughs> you know that that'll old, be interesting. That old meme back when Joe Burrow got drafted yeah. with Jamar Chase, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what else is interesting that I'm going through all this, and I don't know how realistic this is. Every single pick that we've had so far through the top, we're at uh, pick offense. nine. All offense. Pick 10, no different. Offense. I don't think that's going to happen in the real NFL draft. There's going to be some defensive players that come up here, but kind of interesting on this one. Uh, a, lot, a lot of things I saw even from, like, you know, the 33rd team does a lot of fantasy content, right? Like, yeah. And, and you, you'd want to say maybe it's slanted because of that. Right. But go look at go look at mocks all over the place, even from things that aren't affiliated with fantasy, like, a, mm. you know, CBS Sports. Not CBS Fantasy, but a CBS Sports mock and NFL.com mock, like some of these guys. Not a great star-studded defensive draft, right? I went mm-hmm. through it with Adam a couple weeks ago, and I started listing off some of the players in a mock draft that would play defense. And I'm like, Adam, you watch a lot of football. Do you even know who the fuck this guy is? <laughs> Can yeah, you name? Right. There's not there's not any of those like real studs, right? Yeah, there isn't a Miles Garrett, a Chase Young. There's the not Bosa. a Will Anderson. <laughs> yeah, right? Will there, Anderson. Right. There's, there's just not a, a lot of. Not saying the talent is bad, but there's there's not a lot of those stars that stand out, even right. at the cornerback spots, right, where some of these uh, high draft picks for defense have come in the last couple of years. Right. Uh, number 10, the L.A. Chargers. Uh, they're probably going to be picking higher than this uh, with losing Herbert for the rest of the year. They take Brock Bowers, the tight end from Georgia, at number 10. What would you think with Bowers and Herbert? Adam and I kind of kind of forecasted this a few weeks ago when we went through this, where mm-hmm. you watch this happen and people will will go ballistic for Brock Bowers. Oh yeah, he'll go probably over. Wouldn't be shocked if somebody took him over Jaden Daniels and easily. Penix Jr. in a tight end premium league. Wouldn't shock e- me easily. This yeah. would be perfect for me. Now the, the situation, it's good, it's good, right? Like you, mm-hmm. you're kind of intrigued by it, but it's still a tight end. In dynasty football, so I right. I love it for the fact that it push him up farther, higher than he should actually go. Um, mm-hmm. 
And now I, I will walk away with absolutely zero shares of them. Right. <laughs> but I also want to get some shares with him. With him, with Justin Herbert, it could be magic. Could be. Could I mean, be. it could be like Goff Laporta this year, honestly. Once upon a time, I thought also, too, that an athletic tight end landing with Justin Herbert, who just needed to be used in an explosive way, and Gerald Everett was going to be a thing of beauty. And, and right, but uh, this, the talent level between uh, Everett <laughs> and uh, Bowers is different. Like, yes. like, um, like they say in Moneyball, there's, you know, the Yankees, <laughs> there's 50 feet of dog shit, and then there's us. That's about where you're looking at with Gerald Everett and Brock Bowers. There's about 50 feet of dog shit in between those two. All right, uh, next offensive player up, number 12 overall, the New Orleans Saints select J.J. McCarthy, quarterback from Michigan, especially after they just signed Derek Carr to his contract. I would bet McCarthy would probably have to sit a, a, a year behind Derek Carr before this actually worked out. This is where this is one that I can't see happening. Right, mm-hmm. probably like the first one where I just I don't see it. Uh, Saints are dead last in cap right now, going into twenty four, negative eighty seven million. So they can't even afford to like fuck around and find a way to get rid of uh, Derek Carr, even if right. they wanted to. Uh, you're probably not in the, the ballpark to uh, be giving out rookie deals to first-round picks, like mm. like McCarthy, first-round quarterbacks especially. I just don't see it happen. be interesting to talk about, like, if it did happen. I just I don't see a scenario where it happens. Right, they're going to need their draft picks to play right away because they're not going to be able to sign all these free agents and stuff like that, and they have an older roster. They can't really afford to. Right you know, take a rookie quarterback this high. So I agree with you on that point. Um, but if they did take McCarthy, I honestly, they're not going to be able to get rid of Derek Carr next year. Derek Carr would be the starter. Um, I think, honestly, McCarthy would have to sit here, which isn't a terrible thing. I think he can sit and develop um, behind Derek Carr for a year. I don't think that's terrible. Um, but, yeah, he is owed, um, Derek Carr is owed $35 million in 2024. Um, Carr has a potential out in his contract in 2025 with a dead cap hit of only 17 million. So only, yeah, only yeah, 17 million. Yeah, That's next year, lot. next year if he's a cut or a trade before June 1st. It's $52 million against the cap for a team that's $88 yeah. million in the red. Yeah, so Derek, Derek Carr is starting for the Saints next year for sure. So, yeah, we'd have to see on McCarthy there. McCarthy could be a value in our super flex drafts, though. Like, he might fall to the 109, 110 guy. Yes. And then, you know, hey, what if McCarthy becomes a really good quarterback? I don't. I mean, I don't think he's terrible or anything. Um, I don't think no, he's no. elite. He's kind of like... Um, Maybe a Mac Jones type for me. He's he's definitely a lot more mobile. Yeah, a little bit more mobile threat. than that. Yeah. Uh, this is the thing with McCarthy. I don't I don't really see it. Um, like I know people have been projecting him in the first round now for a good year and a half at this point. Mm-hmm. I just I never really see it with him, and maybe it's just the offense. Uh, but Eric, if he goes in the first round of the NFL draft, I'm interested in taking him in my rookie drafts, right? First round right. NFL quarterbacks, those are auto locks for me being interested in Superflex League rookie drafts. So I will take some J.J. McCarthy, and I think you're right. I think he's he's so unsexy that you might get him at the 109, 110, 111, right? This right. could be uh, Justin Herbert 2.0. Not that he's going to be the player, but, you know, the draft pick value. Right. 
Um, all right, so then we got a bunch of uh, defensive player runs here until we get to pick 17, which is the next offensive player to the Buffalo Bills wide receiver, Keon Coleman, one of your favorite players, uh, to Buffalo to pair with Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs there, and that would really give them uh, maybe one of the best trio of wide receivers, not to mention Dalton Kincaid as well. What would you think of D- uh, Keon Coleman to Buffalo? Uh, I definitely believe, like, I'm I'm going to stick to it. There's 95% chance Gabe Davis is gone. He's a free agent. Uh, somebody's going to pay him too much. Buffalo can't Probably, yeah. So this is going to be the, the key on Stefan Diggs show, if Stefan Diggs is still there, um, if he doesn't get traded as well in the offseason. Which, yeah. until I actually see Stefan Diggs leave Buffalo, I don't believe it. But just so you know, there's there's a possibility that could happen. Uh, Keon Coleman is a massive upgrade over Gabe Davis in every way, shape, or form. Oh, yeah. yeah. So this would be elite. Finally, maybe this is the thing that would keep Stefan Diggs there and happy. Where he's like, right. I finally have a reliable guy. He is great after the catch. He is pretty good in jump ball situations. Uh, he has been in the past. This this last year at Florida State, he wasn't. And before people lose their shit in the comments, come at me with actual fucking stats before you do it because you get bodied like everybody else who does. So I love Keon Coleman, but he has some things to clean up in his game. In this, But this fit at 17 with Josh Allen, be like, what's Josh Allen's playmaker going to look like in the future? Boom. Keon Coleman, 17. Yeah. He would be trying to make him the new Stephon Diggs after Diggs leaves. Um, oh, he'd be and peppered I think, with 120 targets, 130 targets a year. Hell yeah. He'd fucking amazing. And it seems like the Buffalo Bills like window is slowly closing, too. Uh, Diggs is getting older. Like you said, Gabe Davis could move on here. They have Kincaid. But like especially this year, like they've they've played a really tough schedule. Like they've played like literally everybody. Kansas City, even though they just beat them, they've Philly. played Philly. They've played yeah you know, every every big team they've played. Uh, I think they got another one this week against a big team. Cowboys, they play yeah, Cowboys. Cowboys that's it. Yeah, so they play like every big team this year. So I think the schedule gods weren't on their side this year. Right. Um, you know, next year hopefully they get the defense back up and running. But they have a lot of older pieces on defense. A lot of older pieces on the offense. So I think their window is slowly closing. So getting a guy like this though could definitely maybe give them uh, another shot to go one more year, see if they can get to the uh, Super Bowl with Josh Allen. Right. And they, they've, they've made some moves that didn't pan out for them the way they wanted to, like the Von Miller thing didn't work right. the way they wanted to and paid him too much money. And now fuck you probably get suspended at some point. Yeah. Uh, number 18, the Cincinnati Bengals select select J.C. Latham, the offensive tackle from Alabama. I mean, we, we've talked about it. The Bengals definitely need some help on that offensive line. It's not like a, an elite offensive line, so they could still use um, some guys there. They would end up probably trading um, – oh, what the hell is the other Alabama offensive tackle they have? Oh, yeah, yeah. I forget uh, name escapes me right now, but uh, they still have him. They probably end up moving him on because he's asked to be traded from last year since they signed Orlando Brown Jr. to play left tackle this year. Um, so they would probably move on from uh, that Alabama tackle that I name escapes me at the moment uh, and bringing in another offensive tackle from Alabama. And this guy is a fucking hoss. Six six three sixty listed on here. 
Big boy. Um, yeah, he's a big boy. Him and Orlando Brown Jr. on your bookends, that would definitely help Joe Burrow on this offense quite a bit. Um, I think they personally end up keeping T. Higgins somehow. They're going to have Chase. They're going to have Burrow. Keep those guys around. Uh, Mixon signed, uh, restructured his contract last year to make it very team-friendly this year and next year. So hopefully Mixon stays around one more year too. Excuse me. And they um, get this Latham here. That would be really, really good for this offensive line. So I like this pick. Jonah Williams. Jonah Williams. That was Jonah Williams. <laughs> I, I had that one escaped me for some reason. Right. Alabama's um, just been shitting out offensive linemen lately. So some yeah, of them he, really good, and some of them, you know, some the, of them are Evan Neal. Yes. And well, who was that? Uh, that Raiders dude that uh, that they took a couple years ago in the first round. Oh, was Al- trash. Alex Leatherwood. Yes. Yeah. Though, though it's funny though. My stepmom actually knows Alex Leatherwood. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> knows him. <laughs> Personally, sweetheart, yeah. big giant fucking dude, but uh, apparently yeah, not just, very good at football. Not very good at football. All right, next up, nineteen. I think this is be another good one. The Indianapolis Colts select Brian Thomas Jr., the other wide receiver from LSU. Pittman Jr. is a free agent. I think they got to do whatever it takes to re-sign him. If you get Pittman Jr., Brian Thomas, and Josh Downs, I think that's a nice little one-two-three punch for Anthony Richardson. So, what do you think about Brian Thomas here? I love that man. Brian Thomas is a name people need to know. Um, right. Overshadowed by Malik Neighbors. This guy, though, he's had talent from day one. I mean, there was a lot of recruiting services out there ranked him higher than Marvin Harrison Jr. But their mistake, but still Brian Thomas is, is really, really good. Uh, right. He opened my eyes this year from the, the Florida State game on where I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? And then you just watch him every single week just make play after play after play at his size. He's got great speed. Great down the field, pretty damn good after the catch. Kind of like a, kind of like a Keon Coleman, just more under the radar. Mm. I like Brian Thomas. You pair him; he complements Michael Pittman too because he has that down the field aspect that Michael Pittman, right. you know, isn't as good at. Yep. Yeah, and Downs can you know be the route runner, you know, running from the slot, slot there. Guy. Yep. Yep, and. Pair this with, like you said, Pittman Jr., Thomas Jr. on the outsides with Anthony Richardson. Definitely really like this fit for Indianapolis. Uh, next one up is the Green Bay Packers. They take a offensive tackle from Georgia. Our Marius Mims, I'm going to guess his first name is how you say it. Big boy, 6'7", 340 here for Georgia. Um, this would be another good pick here for to develop that offense for Green Bay because they have a shit ton of young weapons right now. We've seen it all year with Jordan Love, Luke Musgrave, Christian Watson, Jaden Reed, Romeo Dubs. These guys are all in their first or second year right now. And, you know, they got a really good young nucleus. So I really like that for the Packers. Now you add some beef to that offensive line. I think this would be a great pick for them. Yeah, it's a, they got to do something to replace uh, Bakhtiari, which feels like he hasn't played for them since 2015 at this point. Right, right. right. But they're paying him a shit ton of money, and they're going to uh, probably be moving on from him in the offseason because they're going to save a shit ton against their cap. Yep. They need a replacement. Uh, they haven't had one, and they've just kind of been filling it, right? They had their guard playing tackle for a while, and it always felt like they had that protection issues even when Aaron Rodgers was there. So I really like this uh, like this pick. Sure up the offensive line. Jordan Love, even though last uh, 
probably Monday night's game, right? You kind of go, oh, shit, like he didn't play well in the first half, but he really balled out in the second half, put them in a position where they should have won the game, mm-hmm. but they didn't. Uh, Jordan Love's done some really nice things, so keep building around that and that young offense and sure up your offensive line. Right, and I think Love is still improving. Like, he's had some, like that Detroit Thanksgiving game, man, he was just pinpoint on it. Money. Um, yeah, money, and then he's he's had a couple mishaps, but he's also brought them back in a couple games. Like, think about the Saints game. I think that was from week one or two last year, or uh, this, this year, uh, week one or week two. He brought them back from, like, they were down, like, 17 nothing or something against them and brought him back to win so yeah jordan love is uh definitely improving still he's definitely has some mishaps but he's getting better getting him a protection guy like mims will be nice uh next up number 22 interesting one bo Nix, quarterback from oregon um you know in an o'connell offense like this i think i'd be a little bit interested in Nicks, but um i'm not very crazy about bo Nix. i you know, obviously he's improved from Auburn. I'll give him that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I don't know. I just never really liked how he played. So, well, what do you think about Bo Nix? Same kind of thing, man. And yeah. I talked about it with McCarthy, but this is even more so where I'm just even more kind of disgusted about it. But the mm-hmm. offense would be very intriguing. The spot's very intriguing. Um, I, w- I will say this. He definitely, you're right, he definitely did improve from Auburn because he was trash yeah. at Auburn. <laughs> yeah, he was and that's probably a lot of where my bias is coming from is I wrote him off after like his he had like a right. decent freshman year with Tank Bigsby and all that and then after that it just went downhill. Um he didn't improve very much, but obviously went to Oregon, he's got all these awesome weapons. He's playing against Pac-10 fucking shitty defenses. Uh looks like he's like, you know, the next Justin Herbert wearing the Oregon jersey basically gets invited to the Heisman uh trophy ceremony. It would be interesting with Minnesota, though. He would have, obviously, Jordan Addison, Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson. Like, he's got the weapons, so he definitely has a chance. So if this spot landing spot happened, I would be uh, very intrigued. If he went to, like, um, you know, uh, offensive deficient team, like, you know, uh, Atlanta or something. Oh, Atlanta's got some good guys. I don't know. Uh Whatever team fucking sucks on offense right now. Right. He would be, I would be a little bit scared. Like, if he had the Panther situation, whoa, uh, no no thanks. I'll pass on that one. Right. I'll still be definitely interested in him, but there's just some things about Knicks that, right, the the Auburn thing is always going to stick in my head, and maybe this is what a lot of people deal with with Michael Penix. Um, he was yeah. he was god-awful at, at Auburn. But I guess – I guess I really need to dive into what quarterback has looked good at Auburn in recent years because I can't name a single one. Every one of them that's yeah, I mean the only yeah, it's been Jared Stidham, Bonex. That's about all I got for you. I mean, you have to go back to like Cam Newton, (laughs) honestly. Right, Uh, but Bo Nix does bring some intriguing things. Right, he's got good size. You know, six two, two fifteen, two twenty. However you want to do it, he moves around very well for that size. Um, he could make some off-schedule plays. He kind of pretty good in the pocket, good pocket awareness. Uh, and he's got arm talent like he really does. Right. Uh, it's not a noodle arm by any stretch of the imagination. He can sling the thing. Uh, he just has some concerns with staring down his primary read. You know, sometimes he makes some, some boneheaded plays where you're like, what the fuck were you doing? What were you thinking? But 
I think it's a real credit to uh, Dan Lanning in that Oregon system, so <laughs> shout out to them. Absolutely. Which actually made me completely disgusted this week, Eric, when I found out that the next Oregon quarterback that Lanning was going to fix and develop was going to be Dylan Gabriel. <laughs> like, yeah. It's going to be great saying. for college fantasy football, but I can tell you this, I have no interest in Dylan Gabriel in yeah. the NFL. I had, I've had, I had Gabriel, um, you know, since he was at UCF on one of my uh, – campus to canton teams and then you know obviously went to oklahoma those were nice like he put up some numbers for sure but he yeah he does get hurt a little bit too yeah i'm not in the business of drafting 511 180 pound quarterbacks right um, unless you're bryce young and you can win a heisman at alabama in the sec but true oregon's gonna be a different bird true very true uh next up 24 houston texans with their f- uh, pick from the Cleveland Browns, they end up taking Emeka Ibuka from wide receiver from the Ohio State to pair up with C.J. Stroud. I think this would put a nail in the coffin of old John Mechie. Um, if this happened, you'd have probably Tank Dell, Nico Collins, and Ibuka would be your top three. Mechie would kind of be the fourth receiver for now. Uh, but this would really complete this offense. Um with Tank Dell, Nico, Abuka, yeah, this would be a, a really good spot. And, I mean, they could still use some help, um, defensive line, offensive line, stuff like that. But uh, adding a playmaker like Abuka, who already is familiar with C.J. Stroud, man, I think this would be uh, a really good spot. He could definitely take over that Robert Woods type role. Yeah, Robert Woods slash Noah Brown slash yeah. the little bit we saw John Mechie. Just yeah. buries all those guys. You get rid of them. You you got Tank Dell to stretch the field, be that dynamic playmaker. You got the big bodied guy, Nico Collins, and then you got the the slot route running savant, yard after catch monster in Emeko Buka. I love it. Yeah, <clears throat> great compliment for that offense. Yeah. Next up, twenty five wide receiver to the Kansas City Chiefs would be Troy Franklin from Oregon, uh, speedster six three one eighty seven. Um, definitely with his big playability, I really like, um, Troy Franklin. I've had him in campus to can, uh, a couple of last couple of years as well. Definitely, uh, a big time explosive athlete ha- pairing that up with, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Rasheed Rice, Travis Kelsey. This would definitely give them a wide receiver that I would definitely be excited for. Would he get vaulted up probably too high? Yes. Happens to every wide receiver who goes to Kansas City, it seems like. Uh, but I, I like the fit, though, for Troy Franklin there. He does everything MVS does for this offense, but with a lot less suck and yes. a lot less drops and a lot less, God, this guy's terrible. Yes, absolutely. He replaces that role one for one, but, you know, 50 times better. Yes. And so, so would it be vaulting them up too high? No. This is what they desperately need, right? If you if MBS was even semi fucking competent in what he was doing and could catch footballs, we're not having a lot of the conversations we're having with the Chiefs, are we? Like, because yeah. he he's in position a lot, right? Him yeah. and Justin Watson are put in positions all the time where you're like, these guys are wide open running downfield. They just they're terrible. Yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. they're dog shit. Insert like, Troy not... Franklin instead. Boom. I'm not even convinced, like, I like Rasheed Rice as a player and having him on fantasy, but I'm not, like, convinced that he's some super elite alpha number one wide receiver either. Um, I just think he's the only option right now outside of Kelsey. 
I think he's a great number two option. Yeah, um, I agree. And, and he's a great number two option that plays in Kansas City, which I'm very interested. He does a lot of things that are nice, but he's more of that. He's more of like a Debo Samuel type for them. You know where you he can he can move downfield, but he's not really. They don't even use him like that. Right, right downfield they're they're trying to get the ball in his hands most of the time in that intermediate at best zone and right. let him do what he does best which is be explosive after the catch they desperately need that downfield guy replacement though this would right. be a perfect complement in my opinion to their offense right with the Absolutely. with the troy franklin even if they don't go like a troy franklin type like Xavier Worthy would be a good one, even though he struggles to catch the football, which I think mm. might give Patrick Mahomes PTSD. But you yeah. need that explosive down the field guy, which they don't have one that's <laughs> usable. They're all mm -hmm. fucking terrible. Tony, you know, <laughs> uh, they br even brought back Michael Hardman for a stretch, right? Yep. Justin Watson, I've never really liked that dude. Uh, and MVS is dog water. Yeah. They've brought in a lot of guys to try and fill that spot, and it just hasn't worked. So, yeah, I think bringing in a, a speedster like Franklin would be nice. Uh, only a couple more here, and they're all offensive linemen, so it will be kind of quick here. Uh, 26 to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Select Troy Fatananu, guessing. I don't know on that name. Uh, offensive lineman from Washington. He has played snaps at both tackle spots and left guard in college, so that would give them – uh, a versatile offensive lineman that they really need because Trevor Lawrence last couple of weeks has definitely taken some hits. Uh, so they definitely need some help there on the offensive line. Yep. Get him another one. Yep. Get him another I'm one. That. I'm always good with that. Yep. And and just think about how good Travis Etienne has been at times this year behind this current offensive line. You add any kind of real depth behind it. You get a little bit more excited about Etienne's outlook in 2024. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, next up. 28 overall, the Dallas Cowboys select Graham Barton, an offensive lineman from Duke. He's played uh, left tackle the last three years for Duke. Freshman year, he played center for them. So he does have a little bit of versatility as well, um, could play there. You know, the Cowboys are one of those teams, like, if you look at it on, on paper, man, they don't have too many weak spots. I think maybe with Gallup isn't have been so great, Cooks is getting a little older, maybe getting that second, you know, uh, wide receiver there could be something that they could look at, but I think a lot of them have went already in this draft. So getting an offensive lineman, that's definitely like a Dallas Cowboys type move to get another solid offensive lineman. Yeah, yeah, and and they could actually use one, right? Terrence Steele has been kind of fucking ass. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, Tyron Smith is getting older, so yep. yeah, they could use another piece just along that offense line wouldn't be the worst thing ever i would i would be with you though i'd rather see him go with another wide receiver to compliment cd lamb but uh it'd be fine if they didn't like a lot of the wide receivers in this range i don't know if they could really use xavier worthy would still be left uh the one that's kind of going under the radar though which would be interesting would be xavier Leggett, right him and cd mm -hmm. lamb as a pairing would be very interesting because they both do a they're both very, very dynamic after the catch. Now, CD does it with a little bit more elusiveness. Xavier Leggett does it because he's a fucking brick shithouse tank. <laughs> all right, all right, for sure. Uh, and then the last one up here, number 30 to the 49ers. Another name I'll probably struggle with, Talise Fuaga. 
Offensive tackle, Oregon State, 6'6", 334, uh, played right tackle here at Oregon State, and that's been one of the uh, weaknesses for the 49ers. So this guy would be a major upgrade there. And the 49ers are another team, not a lot of holes in that offense or offense or defense right now. So, uh, But their offensive line definitely could use uh, some upgrades there. So I could definitely see a pick like this for the 49ers, especially with how deep the tackle class um, is in this draft, getting a guy like that would be perfect for the 49ers. Same same kind of thing with the Cowboys, right? You don't have a whole lot yep. of holes, but your offensive line is at spots a question mark. You just sure that up and keep the train moving. Good pick Absolutely. for them, too. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, it was a good little exercise there to go through um, you know, the first round of a, a recent mock draft that somebody did kind of talk about these landing spots, get an idea of what our first round of our rookie mock drafts or rookie uh, drafts could look like for our dynasty team. So uh, good exercise. I like doing that once in a while, you know, kind of look through, oh, OK, what would this guy look like in this position? What would this player look like on this team? Hmm. And then kind of talking about, OK, if this team took a quarterback, where would their current quarterback go? You know, kind of talking about those situations, um, getting ahead of the game and kind of thinking about what could happen. And then once that uh, that happens, actually, in real life, you can think already you know you already thought about it in your head where this is going to go and where you can you know value these players so i like doing that some some names that didn't appear in that mock draft i mean they hit on quarterbacks which all like all of them everybody that was in contention right like yes that'd be amazing for us but uh at the wide receiver position no xavier leggett uh no xavier worthy um and those are probably the only two guys really in consideration for first round, in my opinion. Maybe Adane Mitchell. Uh, a lot of people like Adane Mitchell like quite a bit. So mm-hmm. maybe he'd be up there. Um, and then, obviously, no running backs. <laughs> no running backs. And yeah, then, there ain't going to be any running backs. The only other one I could throw out there for dynasty relevance um, that could be an NFL first round pick, Jatavian Sanders. And, again, Absolutely. he's got the college yep. football player up to be in the spotlight, too. That guy is a freak fucking athlete at the tight end position. So Yeah, absolutely. I could see, like, San Francisco, they take him and just say, hey, we're going to develop him behind Kittle. Kittle's getting older. Um, but that would give them a versatile offensive weapon where they could play 22 personnel now. And you have two stud tight ends out there. I could see that um, as a luxury pick for the 49ers. Yeah. I really, uh, really like Jatavian Sanders. If you haven't watched him, you're in for a treat then in the college football playoff. Yeah, when, they when play he puts Washington. the yeah when he has nine for 150 and a touchdown against Washington. Yes. Well, one thing Washington does struggle with is on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the good thing about watching that game is you're gonna watch Penix, you're gonna watch all their wide receivers, Adunze and those guys, and then you're gonna have uh, the Texas guys, Jatavian, Worthy. Uh, we're not going to see the running back because uh, he got injured. Jonathan but Brooks, yeah. Yeah, Brooks. Um, so Jaden Blue, some... Blue's been a stud, though, so somebody keep Absolutely. an eye out for your 2025 drafts. Yeah, that's a guy I had also. Um, oh, wow. That's another guy I've had um, on some on campus fancies. Yeah. yeah, breaking news as we're uh, recording this, uh, old Keenan Allen is not going to play tomorrow. I think he saw that Easton Stick was going to be the quarterback, and he said, fuck this, I am sitting out. Peace. Yeah. That guy has been money all year. All year. Like, he has been a nah. warp difference maker, and now this, first round of the playoffs, go fuck yourself. This is this is your chance to shine, Mike. Your boy, Quentin Johnston. 
God. He's the only one left. He's the last one fucking... Well, Josh Palmer came back, but... Yeah. Uh, Johnston, he's going to have to do something now because it's... If he doesn't do anything now, he's teetering on Traylon Burke's territory. I want to see who's got the... All right, so Adam and I, you know, on America's Game, and it happened on this show, I've traded Puka Nakua away mm-hmm. for Quentin Johnston. Right? Traded him away. Yeah. Those teams are still contenders, right? Like, I, I made that stupid move. I'm still in the playoffs with every one of those where I made it, mm-hmm. right? And still, wouldn't it just be, like, sweet, sweet, finally Mike gets a W is if QJ is the fucking league winner in the fantasy playoffs, right? Easton Stick just throws 20 fucking times his way. You know, he goes 8 for 120 in a touchdown every week during the fantasy playoffs. That's, come on, let's fucking make this happen, boys. Hey, it definitely could happen. Wouldn't shock me. Please. Oh, I need it. You need it, for sure. I don't have any Quentin Johnson, so I definitely don't need it. So so what the fuck? All right, you got Keenan Allen. He's been a massive part of your, your success. You're playing in the first round. He's going to be out. Mm-hmm. You have no trade deadline, Eric. What are you moving him for? <laughs> I'm like, who Allen? are you moving him for? <laughs> right. And I don't want him because he's got Easton fucking stick throwing the ball. And Easton stick is right. probably the second worst quarterback I've watched in the last, well, maybe third worst. I'll give, I'll give him a bump above Tim Boyle. Uh, him and Tim Boyle and Trace McSorley are two of the worst quarterbacks I've ever watched. But Easton stick is right up there. Uh, with those guys. So, yeah, it is going to be ugly. Ugly, ugly, ugly. Going to make Aiden O'Connell look like a fucking superstar tomorrow. I think in, like, my best ball leagues, like, I'll take. I mean, could I get even John Dotson off somebody straight up for him? Right. Like, is that even a thing? Because you got to think about it. He's old. Yep. If I'm trading with somebody, it's because they're a rebuilder. They're like, fuck, yeah. I don't. Is he, is he even going to be around in 24? Right. <laughs> like, do I really want this? This sucks for those people who are relying on Keenan Allen in the fantasy Absolutely. Playoffs. Man, this is yeah. terrible. Terrible news for that. Disgusting. And on top of Easton Stick throwing the ball. <laughs> I thought, I know Easton Stick's terrible, but I thought Keenan Allen was at least good enough for, you know, 10 catches for 80 yards, you know, like yeah, Easton hopefully. Stick could at least do that. <laughs> yeah, because he would just have to throw it to him and pepper him, but. Right. Uh, it's going to be ugly. The one good thing about tomorrow night, Mike, do you know what that is? We don't have to watch the game. Nobody gives a shit. Yep, extra sleep because we're gonna, <laughs> not watching that shit. And I'm going to bed early. <laughs> or I play Call of Duty Warzone or something. Perfect. Yes. Perfect. I'm going to hit up the NBA 2K tomorrow night. There you go. All right, America's favorite game. Are we ready? Let's do it. All right. Um, I believe I asked this one last year, but that was to uh, Scott. So I'm going to ask it to you this year. Uh, coming up on the holidays this year, what is Mike's favorite Christmas movies? Favorite Christmas movie? Uh, number one, Die Hard. Absolutely. Thank you. No I'm, question. I'm with you on that. Die number Hard two. One, one yeah, or one two. And, one, one and two. One slash two. Video are number two, Lethal Weapon. That took place during Christmas as well. <laughs> that's that's fair. Don't want to leave that out. Uh, Bad Santa would be my Yes. Favorite. God, I love that movie, too. Bad Santa. Are you fucking with me? Yeah. <laughs> There's so many lines from that movie. Um, playing pinball with the 18-year-old is awesome. Right. Uh, I, <laughs> I do really love... Uh, I do love, just because it came out when I was a kid, so it kind of felt like mine, 
the Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Yep. From Home Improvement, Tim the Tool Man Taylor. Yep. <laughs> so yep, that's a good one. I think I put that one at three. Hmm. I gotta have uh, I gotta have Christmas Vacation up there. I can I can I can uh, restate about half of that movie on on memory. That's good. That's Christmas Vacation is a good one. Yep. I think like Elf is fine. It's just not like one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, I always like the Home Alone movies, so I I I count the Home Alones. Yeah, let me put the Home Alones up there. I'll do that at four. And Christmas, Christmas Vacation at five. There's my top five list. Okay. Um, some other ones. I love um, Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sinbad, where they're fighting that's over the Turbo one. Man. Yep. Uh, I just saw that on the other day on, on the TV here. So that that's always a good one that I enjoyed. Oh, I'm trying to think of some other decent ones off the top of my head that I do enjoy. I'm trying to see um, if there's any that I miss. I mean, like, there's a Christmas story. Like, that's okay. Yeah, bad. Christmas story, that's, like, on 24-7 on TBS, yeah. you know, every year, which is, it's fine. It's not like, um, it's not like a go-to or anything. Um, let's see. 100 best Christmas movies of all time from Rotten Tomatoes. Let's see what they have here. That's just what I was looking at. I was looking at. Oh this my list god! They have like some of these like ones from the forties that I've never even heard of. Like get right. out of here with this shit. So the one that everybody has heard of is number six is Nightmare Before Christmas. I haven't watched that one in a long time, probably since I was a kid. So I'd have to go back and watch it. Um. So I don't have a, a one up there. They do have Die Hard at eleven, so that's good. See, Die Hard is a Christmas movie, folks. Yes. They had the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special from last year at number 12. That's interesting. Uh, I don't know if you watched that, but it was okay. It wasn't terrible. I'll give a shout-out to, I always liked, uh, especially when I was a kid, the uh, the Rudolph. Right. Yeah. Rudolph yeah. the Red-Nosed Ranger because <laughs> of the claymation. Oh. Have you ever seen the Mad TV version? Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. The moral of the story, kids, keep your fucking mouth shut. <laughs> God, I love that one. I watched that. I watched that Mad TV skit live when I was a kid. Like oh man, mid nineties or whatever. Holy shit, that changed my life. That was a great skit. <laughs> mm, most of these are trash, man. Like I just, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm looking a big through Christmas some of dude, anyways. Oh, okay. Um, wow, they have Batman Returns up here as a Christmas one. I guess. Yeah, they, I just if it took place during Christmas at some point, it was on here. Bad Santa only thirty two. It's terrible. Yeah, that needs to be a little bit. Christmas higher. vacation all the way down at seventy five, Eric. It's rough. Yeah, that's that's fucking horseshit there. Christmas Chronicles aren't too bad. My I, I had watched that with my kid. She loves that. Santa Claus. Yeah, your uh, Santa Claus. Wow, that's from nineteen ninety four. Tim Allen played that. That was that that's long ago. Man. Yeah, I'm an old. Wow. Fuck. I didn't. Re- I thought that was more like a two thousands movie, not a two thousand f- or a nineteen ninety four. Jesus. Um, there's the, the your Rudolph story. Yeah, just kind of looking through. Yeah, some of these other ones. Um, I don't really know of or never heard of. Yeah, never heard of anything like that. So very I, I, interesting. I also don't mind the uh, because my oldest kids were were children at the time the uh the grinch but the jim carrey one the a lot jim of people carrey hate one. that one but i like that one 
Yeah, uh, not a not a fan of that one. That's fair. Um, a lot of people don't like it. Yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah, some of these are just fucking way out there. But it's always going to be Die Hard. Anybody ask yeah. me what's your favorite? And, 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 one or two. Okay. Yeah, one. I watch them both on Christmas Eve. Die Hard one and Die Hard two. The, they are like uh, draft day. Right before right. the NFL draft, I always watch Draft Day. Before Christmas, I always watch Die Hard One and Two. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, I got I gotta have those ones on there. I gotta watch a Bad Santa. Bad I can't Santa's believe I don't have that sweatshirt yet, too, because I've seen them sold. Right where it's it's a gray sweatshirt. It looks like it's written in blood. It says, "I now have a machine gun." Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I see it on my uh, see it on my Facebook. I gotta get one. <laughs> yeah, I see it on Facebook of. Um, it pops up there like people selling that one. They always want to have ugly sweater parties. I think I'd just wear that thing around. Hell yeah. That's <laughs> what I would definitely wear. <laughs> um, it fits. Yeah. Yeah, wow, they have Die Hard 2 on this list, 28th. Nobody, put, nobody puts Lethal Weapon up there. Give some respect to Lethal Weapon, goddammit. That's true. Should Good put movies. it up there. Did you know? They are making a Lethal Weapon 5 with fucking Mel Gibson and Danny Glover here about 70 years old or whatever age they are. It should be. I think it, I don't know if it's coming out next year or 2025, but it is coming. Speaking of Mel Gibson in movies, right before we got on here, I was watching Payback. You remember that one from 99? Yeah. Um, yeah, that sounds familiar. I don't yeah. think I watched it fully, but um, I've, I have seen it. One of my favorite Mel Gibson movies. <laughs> right. My favorite Mel Gibson movie, non-lethal weapon, is The Patriot. Easy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that definitely. He was fucking thing. phenomenal in that movie. Hey, I'm not a, I'm not a big hater either. His, even his rom-com, What Women Want, is fucking hilarious, in my opinion. <laughs> Seeing him yeah. fucking waxing his legs. <laughs> but I uh, love Mel Gibson. I haven't seen it in a while. I think, is there... Like a early nineties one, was it, I think it was called Maverick, where he was like, uh, yep. yeah, that uh, one was card good. player, card yep. player, yep. yeah, yep, yeah, that one was decent. So, Mel Gibson movies, man, but yeah, Hell Christmas yeah. movies, it's all about Die Hard, right. and then Bad Santa. Yeah, if you haven't seen Bad Santa, go watch it. Uh, the second one was eh, but the yeah. original, original is the best for sure. The, the original for sure. Badder Santa wasn't that great. Yeah, Bad okay. Santa was fucking amazing. Yes. yes. <laughs> Fuck me, Santa. Fuck me, Santa. <laughs> uh, oh, keep the hat on. I like that. <laughs> I just, I like the one where he's playing pinball with the, with the little blonde. That's just great. Well, Something. The little fat kid always gets me, man. It's always oh, that, yeah. that car scene just, with him. <laughs> Did somebody just, drop you on your head? Yeah. On my, on my head? <laughs> just so naive and so out there and... Oh my goodness! Of man. course, your head. How the hell is somebody gonna drop you on their head? Their head? Are you just <laughs> fucking with me, kid? Oh jeez, we can oh. go over that one uh, all day too. Love it. But good yeah, stuff. That is it for episode number twenty, everybody. Uh, follow me at Eric Vanek NFL at America's Game Pod as well at South Harmon FF on YouTube and Twitter. Follow us there. Uh, you got anything, Mike, for us? No, not a lot. We just uh, keep pumping out content. We got it the last couple weeks, so enjoy, yep. enjoy it. Unless you're only had a couple teams and you're already eliminated, then I guess uh, start your 2024 uh, NFL draft prep. 
Exactly. Start that's right what, here. That's what we helped you with. Exactly. So, yep. We'll see you guys next week for episode number 21. And we'll see you.